Section 3 of An Essay Concerning Human Understanding, Book 2, by John Locke. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian C. Rideout. Chapter 8 Some Farther Considerations Concerning Our Simple Ideas. 1. Concerning the simple ideas of sensation, it is to be considered that whatsoever is so constituted in nature as to be able, by affecting our senses, to cause any perception in the mind, doth thereby produce in the understanding a simple idea, which, whatever be the external cause of it, when it comes to be taken notice of by our discerning faculty, it is by the mind looked on and considered there to be a real positive idea in the understanding, as much as any other whatsoever, though perhaps the cause of it be but a privation of the subject. 2. Thus the idea of heat and cold, light and darkness, white and black, motion and rest, are equally clear and positive ideas in the mind, though perhaps some of the causes which produce them are barely privations and subjects from whence our senses derive those ideas. These the understanding, in its view of them, considers all as distinct positive ideas, without taking notice of the causes that produce them, which is an inquiry not belonging to the idea, as it is in the understanding, but to the nature of the things existing without us. These are two very different things, and carefully to be distinguished. It being one thing to perceive and know the idea of white or black, and quite another to examine what kind of particles they must be, and how arranged in the superficies to make any object appear white or black. 3. A painter or dyer, who never inquired into their causes, hath the ideas of white and black and other colors as clearly, perfectly, and distinctly in his understanding, and perhaps more distinctly than the philosopher who hath busied himself in considering their natures, and thinks he knows how far either of them is in cause positive or private. And the idea of black is no less positive in his mind than that of white. However, the cause of that color in the external object may be only a privation. 4. If it were the design of my present undertaking to inquire into the natural causes and manner of perception, I should offer this as a reason why a private cause might, in some cases, produce a positive idea, vis-à-vis -vis that all sensation being produced in us only by different degrees and modes of motion in our animal spirits, variously agitated by external objects, the abatement of any former motion must as necessarily produce a new sensation, as the variation or increase of it, and so introduce a new idea which depends only on a different motion of the animal spirits in that organ. 5. But whether this be so or no, I will not here determine, but appeal to every one's own experience whether the shadow of a man, though it consists of nothing but the absence of light, and the more the absence of light is, the more discernible the shadow, does not, when a man looks on it, cause as clear a positive idea in his mind as a man himself, though covered over with clear sunshine. And the picture of a shadow is a positive thing. Indeed, we have negative names which stand not directly for positive ideas, but for their absence, such as insipid, silence, nihil, etc., which words denote positive ideas, 
verbi gratia, taste, sound, being, with a signification of their absence. 6. And thus one may truly be said to see darkness. For supposing a whole perfectly dark from whence no light is reflected, it is certain one may see the figure of it, or it may be painted, or whether the ink I write which makes any other idea is a question. The privative causes I have here assigned of positive ideas are according to the common opinion, but in truth it will be hard to determine whether there be really any ideas from a privative cause, till it be determined whether rest be any more a privation than motion. 7. To discover the nature of our ideas the better, and to discourse of them intelligibly, it will be convenient to distinguish them as they are ideas or perceptions in our minds, and as they are modifications of matter in the bodies that cause such perceptions in us, that so we may not think, as perhaps is usually done, that they are exactly the images and resemblances of something inherent in the subject, most of those of sensation being in the mind no more the likeness of something existing without us, than the names that stand for them are the likeness of our ideas, which yet upon hearing they are apt to excite in us. 8. Whatsoever the mind perceives in itself, or is the immediate object of perception, thought, or understanding, that I call an idea, and the power to produce any idea in our mind I call the quality of the subject wherein that power is. Thus a snowball having the power to produce in us the ideas of white, cold, and round, the powers to produce those ideas in us as they are in the snowball I call qualities, and as they are sensations or perceptions in our understandings I call them ideas, which ideas if I speak of sometimes as in the things themselves, I would not be understood to mean those qualities in the objects which produce them in us. 9. Qualities thus considered in bodies are, first, such as are utterly inseparable from the body, in what estate soever it be, such as in all the alterations and changes it suffers, all the force that can be used upon it, it constantly keeps, and such a sense constantly finds in every particle of matter which has bulk enough to be perceived, and the mind finds inseparable from every particle of matter, though less than to make itself singly be perceived by our own senses. Verbi gratia. Take a grain of wheat, divide it into two parts. Each part still has solidity, extension, figure, and mobility. Divide it again, and it retains still the same qualities, and so divide it on till the parts become insensible. They must retain still each of them all those qualities. For division, which is all that a mill or pestle or any other body does upon another in reducing it to insensible parts, can never take away either solidity, extension, figure, or mobility from any body, but only makes two or more distinct separate masses of matter of that which was one before. All which distinct masses, reckoned as so many distinct bodies after division, make a certain number. These I call original or primary qualities of body, which I think we may observe to produce simple ideas in us, vis-a-vis -vis solidity, extension, figure, motion, or rest, and number. 10. Secondly, such qualities which in truth are nothing in the objects themselves, but powers to produce various sensations in us by their primary qualities, i.e. by the bulk, figure, texture, and motion of their insensible parts, as colors, sounds, tastes, etc., these I call secondary qualities.
to these might be added a third sort, which are allowed to be barely powers, though they are as much as real qualities in the subject as those which I, to comply with the common way of speaking, call qualities, but for the distinction, secondary qualities. For the power in fire to produce a new color or consistency in wax or clay by its primary qualities is as much a quality in fire as the power it has to produce in me a new idea or sensation of warmth or burning, which I had not felt before by the same primary qualities, vis-à-vis -vis the bulk, texture, and motion of its insensible parts. 11. The next thing to be considered is how bodies produce ideas in us and that is manifestly by impulse, the only way in which we can conceive of bodies to operate in. 12. If then external objects be not united in our minds when they produce the ideas therein, and yet we perceive these original qualities in such of them as singly fall under our senses, it is evident that some motion must thence be continued by our nerves or animal spirits, by some parts of our bodies to the brain, or the seat of sensation, there to produce in our minds the particular ideas we have of them. And since the extension, figure, number, and motion of bodies of an observable bigness may be perceived at a distance by the sight, is evidence that some singly imperceptible bodies must come from them to the eyes, and thereby convey to the brain some motion, which produces these ideas which we have of them in us. 13. After the same manner that the ideas of these original qualities are produced in us, we may conceive that the ideas of secondary qualities are also produced vis-à-vis -vis, by the operations of insensible particles on our senses. For it being manifest that there are bodies and good store of bodies, each whereof are so small that we cannot, by any of our senses, discover either their bulk, figure, or motion, as is evident in the particles of the air and water, and others extremely smaller than those, perhaps as much smaller than the particles of air and water, as the particles of air and water are smaller than peas or hailstones. Let us suppose at present that the different motions and figures, bulk and number of such particles affecting several organs of our senses, produce in us those different sensations, which we have from the colors and smells of bodies verbi gratia, that a violet, by the impulse of such insensible particles of matter of peculiar figures and bulks, and in different degrees and modifications of their motions, cause the idea of the blue color and sweet scent of that flower to be produced in our minds. It being no more impossible to conceive that God should annex such ideas to such motions with which they have no similitude, than that he should annex the idea of pain to the motion of a piece of steel dividing our flesh, with which the idea hath no resemblance. 14. What I have said concerning colors and smells may be understood also of tastes and sounds and others the like sensible qualities, which, whatever reality by mistake we attribute to them, are in truth nothing in the objects themselves, but powers to produce various sensations in us, and depend on those primary qualities vis-à-vis -vis bulk, figure, texture, and motion of parts, as I have said. 15. From whence I think it easy to draw this observation, that the ideas of primary qualities of bodies and resemblances of them and their patterns do really exist in the bodies themselves, but the ideas produced in us by these secondary qualities have no resemblance to them at all. 
there is nothing like our ideas existing in the bodies themselves. They are in the bodies we denominate from them, only a power to produce those sensations in us. And what is sweet, blue, or warm in idea is but a certain bulk, figure, and motion of the insensible parts in the bodies themselves, which we call so. 16. Flame is denominated hot and light, snow, white and cold, and mana, white and sweet, from the ideas they produce in us, which qualities are commonly thought to be the same in those bodies that those ideas are in us, the one, the perfect resemblance of the other, as they are judged in a mirror. And it would by most men be judged very extravagant if one should say otherwise. And yet he that will consider that the same fire, that at one distance produces in us a sensation of warmth, does at a nearer approach produce in us a far different sensation of pain, ought to bethink himself what reason he has to say that this idea of warmth, which was produced in him by the fire, is actually in the fire, and that his idea of pain, which the same fire produced in him the same way, is not the fire. Why are whiteness and coldness in snow, and pain not, when it produces the one and the other idea in us, and can do neither but by bulk, figure, number, and motion of its solid parts? 17. The particular bulk, number, figure, and motion of the parts of fire, or snow, are really in them, whether any one senses perceive them or no, and therefore they may be called real qualities because they really exist in those bodies, but light, heat, whiteness, or coldness are no more really in them than sickness or pain is in mana. Take away the sensation of them, let not the eye see light or colors, nor ears hear sounds, let the palate not taste, nor the nose smell, and all the colors, tastes, odors, and sounds, as they are such particular ideas, vanish and cease, and are reduced to their causes, i.e., bulk, figure, and motion of parts. 18. A piece of mana of a sensible bulk is able to produce in us the idea of a round or square figure, and by being removed from one place to another, the idea of motion. This idea of motion represents it as it really is in the mana moving. A circle or square are the same, whether in idea or existence, in the mind or in the mana. And this both motion and figure are really in the mana, whether we take notice of them or no. This everybody is ready to agree to. Besides, mana, by the bulk, figure, texture, and motion of its parts, has a power to introduce the sensations of sickness and sometimes of acute pains gripping in us. That these ideas of sickness and pain are not in the mana, but effects of its operations on us, and are nowhere when we feel them not. This also everyone readily agrees to. And yet men are hardly to be brought to think that sweetness and whiteness are not really in mana, which are but the effects of operations of mana by motion, size, and figure of its particles on the eyes and palate, as the pain and sickness caused by mana are confessedly nothing but the effects of its operations on the stomach and guts, by the size, motion, and figure of its insensible parts. For by nothing else can a body operate, as has been proved. As if it could not operate on the eyes and palate, and thereby produce in the mind particular distinct ideas, which in itself it has not, as well as we allow it can operate on the guts and stomach, and thereby produce distinct ideas which in itself it has not. 
these ideas being all effects of the operations of mana on several parts of our bodies, by the size, figure, number, and motion of its parts. Why those produced by the eyes and palate should rather be thought of to be really in the mana than those produced by the stomach and guts. Or why the pain and sickness, ideas that are the effect of mana, should be thought to be nowhere when they are not felt, and yet the sweetness and whiteness, effects of the same mana on other parts of the body, by ways equally as unknown, should be thought to exist in the mana when they are not seen or tasted, would need some reason to explain. 19. Let us consider the red and white colors in porphyry. Hinder the light from striking on it and its colors vanish. It no longer produces any such ideas in us. Upon the return of the light, it produces these appearances on us again. Can anyone think any real alterations are made in the porphyry by the presence or absence of light, and that those ideas of whiteness and redness are really in the porphyry in the light? When it is plain, it has no color in the dark. It has indeed such a configuration of particles, both night and day, as are apt by the rays of light rebounding from some parts of that hard stone to produce in us the idea of redness, and from others the idea of whiteness. But whiteness and redness are not in it at any time, but such a texture that hath the power to produce such a sensation in us. 20. Pound an almond, and the clear white color will be altered into a dirty one, and the sweet taste into an oily one. What real alteration can the beating of the petzel make in any body but an alteration of the texture of it? 21. Ideas being thus distinguished and understood, we may be able to give an account of how the same water, at the same time, may produce the idea of cold by one hand, and of heat by the other whereas it is impossible that the same water, if those ideas were really in it, should at the same time be both hot and cold. For if we imagine warmth, as it is in our hands, to be nothing but a certain sort of degree of motion in the minute particles of our nerves, or animal spirits, we may understand how it is possible that the same water may, at the same time, produce the sensation of heat in one hand, and cold in the other, which yet figure never does that never producing the idea of a square by one hand, which has produced the idea of a globe by the other. But if the sensation of heat and cold be nothing more but the increase or diminution of the motion of the minute parts of our bodies, caused by the corpuscles of any other body, it is easy to be understood that if that motion be greater in one hand than in the other, if a body be applied to the two hands, which has in its minute particles a greater motion than in those of one of the hands and a less than in those of the other, it will increase the motion of the one hand and lessen it in the other, and so cause the different sensations of heat and cold that depend thereon. 22. I have in what just goes before been engaged in physical inquiries a little further than perhaps I intended but it being necessary to make the nature of sensation a little understood, and to make the difference between the qualities in bodies and the ideas produced by them in the mind to be distinctly conceived, without which it were impossible to discourse intelligibly of them. I hope I shall be pardoned this little excursion into natural philosophy, it being necessary in our present inquiry to distinguish the primary and real qualities of bodies, which are always in them 
vis-a-vis -vis solidity, extension, figure, number, and motion or rest, and are sometimes perceived by us vis-a-vis -vis when the bodies they are in are big enough to singly be discerned from those secondary and imputed qualities, which are but the powers of several combinations of those primary ones, when they operate without being distinctly discerned, whereby we may also come to know what the ideas are and what they are not, resemblances of something really existing in the bodies we denominate from them. 23. The qualities then that are in the bodies, rightly considered, are of three sorts. First, the bulk, figure, number, situation, and motion or rest of their solid parts. Those are in them whether we perceive them or no, and when they are of that size that we can discover them, we have by these an idea of the thing as it is in itself, as is plain in artificial things. I call these primary qualities. Secondly, the power that is in any body, by reason of its insensible primary qualities, to operate after a peculiar manner of any of our senses, and thereby produce in us different ideas of several colors, sounds, smells, tastes, etc., and these are usually called sensible qualities. Thirdly, the power that is in any body, by reason of the particular constitution of its primary qualities, to make such a change in the bulk figure, texture, and motion of another body, as to make it operate on our senses differently from what it did before. Thus the sun has the power to make wax white, and fire to make lead fluid. These are usually called powers. The first of these, as has been said, I think may be properly called real, original, or primary qualities, because they are in the things themselves, whether they are perceived or no. And upon their different modifications it is that the secondary qualities depend. The other two are only powers to act differently upon other things, which powers result from the different modifications of those primary qualities. 24. But though the two latter sorts of qualities are powers barely, and nothing but powers relating to several other bodies, and resulting from the different modifications of their original qualities, yet they are generally otherwise thought of. For the second sort, vis-a-vis -vis the powers to produce several ideas in us by our senses, are looked upon as real qualities in the things thus affecting us. But the third sort are called and esteemed barely powers, verbi gratia, the idea of heat or light, which we receive by our eyes or touch from the sun, are commonly thought of as real qualities existing in the sun, and something more than mere powers in it. But when we consider the sun in reference to wax, which it melts or blanches, we look on the whiteness and softness produced in the wax, not as qualities in the sun, but effects produced by powers in it. Whereas, if rightly considered, these qualities of light and warmth, which are perceptions in me when I am warmed or enlightened by the sun, are no otherwise in the sun than the changes made in the wax when it is blanched or melted are in the sun. They are all of them equally powers in the sun, depending on its primary qualities, whereby it is able, in the one case, so to alter the bulk, figure, texture, or motion of some of the insensible parts of my eyes or hands, as thereby to produce in me the idea of light or heat, and in the other it is able to alter the bulk, figure, texture, or motion of the insensible parts of wax, as to make them fit to produce in me the distinct ideas of white and fluid. 
25. The reason why the one are ordinarily taken for real qualities, and the other only for bare powers, seems to be because the ideas we have of distinct colors, sounds, etc., containing nothing at all in them of bulk, figure, or motion, we are not apt to think of them as the effects of these primary qualities, which appear not, to our senses, to operate in their production, and with which they have not any apparent congruity or conceivable connection. Hence it is that we are so forward to imagine that those ideas are the resemblances of something really existing in the objects themselves, since sensation discovers nothing of bulk, figure, or motion of parts in their production. Nor can reason show how bodies, by their bulk, figure, and motion, should produce in the mind ideas of blue or yellow, etc. But in the other case, in the operations of bodies changing the qualities of one another, we plainly discover that the quality produced hath commonly no resemblance with anything in the thing producing it, wherefore we look on it as a bare effect of power. For though receiving the idea of heat or light from the sun, we are apt to think of it as a perception and resemblance of such a quality in the sun. Yet when we see wax or a fair face receive change of color from the sun, we cannot imagine that to be the reception or resemblance of anything in the sun, because we find not those different colors in the sun itself. For our senses, being able to observe a likeness or unlikeness of sensible qualities in two different external objects, we forwardly enough conclude the production of any sensible quality in any subject to be an effect of bare power, and not the communication of any quality which was really in the efficient, when we find no such sensible quality in the thing which produced it. But our senses, not being able to discover any unlikeness between the idea produced in us and the quality of the object producing it, we are apt to imagine that our ideas are resemblances of something in the objects, and not the effects of certain powers placed in the modification of their primary qualities, with which primary qualities the ideas produced in us have no resemblance. 26. To conclude, beside those before-mentioned primary qualities in bodies, vis-a-vis -vis bulk, figure, extension, number, and motion of their solid parts, all the rest whereby we take notice of bodies and distinguish them from one another are nothing else but several powers in them, depending on those primary qualities whereby they are fitted, either by immediately operating on our bodies, to produce several different ideas in us, or else by operating on other bodies, so to change their primary qualities, as to render them capable of producing ideas in us, different from what before they did. The former of these, I think, may be called secondary qualities, immediately perceivable. The latter, secondary qualities, immediately perceivable. End of section 3 Recording by Brian C. Rideout